Welcome to the Hands Up, Don't Shoot podcast, where I, your host, Ashley France Howell, tell the stories of Black victims of police brutality. You can always support the show by going to www.buymeacoffee.com slash hudspod. Today, I'll be telling you the stories of Philando Castile and Tarika Wilson. Welcome to episode 19. Philando Duval Castile was born on July 16, 1983, in St. Louis, Missouri. His parents are Valerie Castile and Felix Frazier Sr., but his dad wasn't very involved in his life. Philando also had a sister named Alyssa. Philando's best friend, Greg Crockett, described him as a, quote, quiet, braces-wearing video game fanatic, end quote. Philando remained consistently himself, and over the years, the only thing that really changed was that he got his braces removed. Philando attended Central High School in St. Paul, Minnesota. He graduated in 2001 and immediately after began working in the St. Paul Public School District in 2002. He was interested in the nutrition field and worked as a nutrition services assistant at Chelsea Heights Elementary and Arlington High until 2014, when he became a cafeteria manager at J.J. Hill Montessori Magnet School, which is also located in St. Paul. On July 6, 2016, Philando got a haircut and had dinner with his sister, Alyssa. Later that evening, he and his girlfriend, Diamond Reynolds, along with her daughter, Diana, were returning from grocery shopping. According to officers, Philando and Diamond allegedly resembled suspects that were involved in an earlier robbery. They were pulled over as part of a traffic stop by officers Geronimo Yanez and Officer Joseph Kowser, on Larpenter Avenue in Falcon Heights, which is a suburb of St. Paul. Officer Yanez called into dispatch and said, quote, the driver looks more like one of our suspects because of the wide set nose, end quote. Philando's family later accused the officer of racial profiling. When Officer Yanez pulled him over, he actually didn't mention anything about the robbery suspect's suspicion But he did pull Philando over because he said that one of his brake lights were out. So Officer Kowser approached the car on the passenger side and Officer Yanez approached the window on the driver's side and requested that Philando present his license and proof of insurance. Philando did notify Officer Yanez that he did have a registered gun in the vehicle And immediately after that, Officer Yanez sort of went into panic mode. He told Philando not to reach for it or show it. Philando wasn't reaching for the gun, and he said that he wasn't going to. He was trying to reach for his wallet to get his ID. Officer Yanez kept yelling at Philando to not pull his gun out, but 
Philando and Diamond were both trying to tell the officer that Philando is just trying to get his ID like he asked. Officer Yanez had his gun drawn and fired seven close-range shots directly at Philando. Philando was hit five times. Immediately after the shooting, Diamond turned on Facebook Live, capturing Philando's last moments, while her four-year-old daughter watched from the back seat. Even after it's clear that Philando is dying, Officer Yanez still has his gun drawn and pointed at Philando. I am going to play a short audio clip of what happened shortly after. We got pulled over for a busted tail light in the back. And the police, he's, he's, he's covered. He they killed my boyfriend. He's licensed. He's carried to, he's licensed to carry. He was trying to get out his ID and his wallet out his, um, pocket. And he let the officer know that he was, re he had a firearm and he was reaching for his wallet. And the officer just shot him in his arm. Told him not to reach for it. I told him to get his hand out. He had, you told him to get his ID, sir, and his driver's license. Oh my God, please don't tell me he's dead. Please don't tell me my boyfriend just went like that. Get the female passenger out. Please don't tell me he's gone. Please, Jesus, no. Please, no. He's a good man. He works for St. Paul Public School. So that was a Diamond's account of what was going on and what she had posted on her Facebook Live. Philando was rushed to a nearby hospital, but was declared dead about 20 minutes after he was shot. Philando was 32 years old. A few minutes later, additional officers arrived on the scene and Diamond was handcuffed and placed in the back of a police car. Her daughter is with her and they have a, a heartbreaking conversation. And I'll play for you guys a very short clip of that as well. Pictures that were taken inside the car and presented as evidence showed that one of the bullets actually passed through Philando's seat and hit the back seat just a few inches from where Diana was sitting. Officer Yanez was charged with second-degree manslaughter and two counts of endangering safety, one for each passenger in the car. 
He was also believed to be the first Minnesota officer criminally charged in an on-duty fatal shooting. Less than a year later, a jury acquitted Officer Yanez of all charges. He was fired and given a severance of $48,500, plus his personal leave was also paid out. The city of St. Anthony released a statement shortly after the acquittal saying that they had, quote, concluded that the public will be best served if Officer Yanez is no longer a police officer in our city, end quote. The family of Philando Castile settled with the city of St. Anthony for about $3 million. The settlement avoided a federal civil rights lawsuit and Diamond Reynolds also settled with the cities of St. Anthony and Roseville for a total of about $800,000. The Philando Castillo Relief Foundation was established to help victims who have been affected by gun and police violence. Their mission is, quote, to provide solace to grieving families who lost loved ones at the hands of law enforcement Eliminate food insecurity in the form of lunch debt relief to the St. Paul and Minneapolis school districts and support innovative and progressive initiatives that offer effective solutions towards eliminating gun violence and the use of lethal force, end quote. To this day, Diamond Reynolds and her now nine-year-old daughter, Diana, have constantly been active in protests around the U.S., including George Floyd and, more recently, Dante Wright. Diamond is advocating for the victims of police violence and the partners and children of those victims. And that family was the story of Philando Castile. Now I'm going to tell you the story of Tarika Wilson. Tarika Wilson was born on October 30th, 1981, in Lima, Ohio, to Ivory Lee Austin I and Darla K. Jennings. She had five brothers and five sisters. Tarika attended Southside High School in Fort Wayne, Indiana. She was a homemaker and a mother to six children, Sincere, Johnny, Taisha, Serenity, Seresha, and Darla Gia. Tarika moved back to Lima and was living with her boyfriend, Anthony Terry. On January 4, 2008, SWAT officers, including Sergeant Joseph Chevalier, violently entered the home of Anthony and Tarika in a drug raid. They were looking for Terry, who was a suspected drug dealer. The police entered their house by breaking down the front door. And Tarika took shelter in a bedroom with her children. Now, my issue with this is that they were looking for a drug dealer. Yes, drugs are bad, but they weren't looking for a kingpin. They weren't looking for a murderer or somebody who was a known rapist or assault. They were looking for a drug dealer. SWAT blindly broke down a door for a drug dealer. So when the officers were inside the home, 
and just a trigger warning for animal cruelty. They shot and killed two of Terry's dogs. Sergeant Chevalier testified that when he heard those gunshots, he presumed that the gunfire was coming from the bedroom where Tarika was with her children, so he fired blindly in the direction of the bedroom. Tarika was unarmed and holding her one-year-old son. She was instantly killed and her son, Sincere, was also shot. And he had a hand injury that required him to have one of his fingers amputated. Tarika was 26 years old. Sergeant Chevalier was charged with negligent homicide and negligent assault in the shooting. Just a few minutes after the shooting, about 50 people had gathered outside of the home and they were just shouting at the police, trying to figure out why they were shooting the house up and why an officer was running out of the house with a baby in his arms. The day after, about 300 people had gathered together in front of Tarika's home and they all marched down to City Hall. After Tarika's death, Jesse Jackson Sr. visited Lima to meet with the protesters, community leaders, and city leaders. In August 2008, a jury acquitted Joseph Chevalier of all criminal charges. Before the trial, he was placed on administrative leave, but after he was cleared, he was able to return to the police force but he was not allowed to go on patrol. In 2010, Tarika's family settled a wrongful death lawsuit against the city of Lima for $2.5 million. And there was also a $253,000 settlement awarded to Tarika's son for his injuries from the raid. And since Tarika's death, her mother and sisters have raised her children. And that family was the story of Tarika Wilson. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for HudsPod. And you can support the show by going to www.buymeacoffee.com slash HudsPod. Remember, HudsPod is spelled H-U-D-S-P-O-D. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you get the latest episodes. And if you don't mind, please leave me a five-star review. Stay safe, and I'll see you next week.